Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. So good to have you here today. Hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Hopefully it is a week of giving praise to God, thanking God, spending time in his word. Maybe you're saying, Brother Clark, I've been so busy. I've just not been able to do what I've wanted to do. Well, isn't that the truth in this life? We stay so busy and it's hard sometimes to get into God's word. And that's why I'm glad you joined me here today. And for the next little bit, we're going to dive into God's word. We're going to look at what it says about God's righteous judgment. And you know, for the believer, this should be a blessing because it's, it brings comfort knowing that all the wickedness will be judged. Amen. You watch a sports uh, program and maybe you, let's say you don't have a favorite team and you see one team cheating. Okay. Now, again, if you have a favorite team, you may overlook that. So imagine that you don't have a favorite team. You're watching two teams play. You see one cheat and they get away with it and you think they get away with it. And you're saying, no, no way. And it looks like they're winning the game and you want them to be judged. You want them uh, to face the justice for what they've done. I mean, goodness, you, you work at a bank. Let's say if you were to cheat at the bank, you could go to jail. Amen. But they're cheating on the field and getting away with it being celebrated. And you want justice to come down. And that's what we see in the world today, is it not? We see a, a competition, if you will, uh, between good and evil. And it sure looks like evil is uh, coming out ahead. And we realize through the book, all what God tells us through his Bible, through his holy word, how we are to live. And we're just feeling like we're beat up sometimes. But don't worry, friend. Don't worry, Christian. Jesus Christ is coming. Amen. He's taking his church home. And then just after a little bit, he will judge all mankind. And for the unbeliever, let this be a warning, a firm warning, that right now you can be saved. Amen. As I'm preaching this today, he has not returned, but he will return soon. And you will go from the age of grace, where you can be saved by simply believing, to the tribulation period, where what you would have to do to be saved after the church has been raptured out is martyr. You'd have to basically, you'd have to be beheaded, amen, to be saved. That's not good at all. Amen. It's not going to be pretty. And by the way, at that time of the tribulation, as I understand it, God turns his attention to the Jews, and they are the ones that are going to have the biggest opportunity to be saved, as I understand it, during the tribulation. Now, only God knows. But right now, all you have to do to be saved, you don't have to be beheaded. You don't have to win the lottery. You don't have to give a bunch of money. You don't have to join church. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to do anything to be saved besides believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins believe that he was risen again by God himself, that he is God and make him Lord of your heart, make him Lord of your life. You can do that here today. And when you are saved, amen, the Bible tells us that you are, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, never to be blotted out, never to be erased, that you'll spend eternity in paradise, in heaven with Jesus Christ himself, with God, amen, that you will no longer be under condemnation, because you believe. 
Luke 137 tells us, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And this verse, I'm sure, is used often for people to say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Therefore, I'm going to get that promotion. Therefore, I'm going to go on that cruise or whatever it is. Okay, I'm going to buy that house. How about this one? With God, nothing shall be impossible, even his righteous judgment. Because as we see and are discouraged by what looks like evil triumphing, uh, there's a song, I love old Southern gospel song. I think it's called The Wicked Shall Cease Their Troubling. Oh, I love that song because we're troubled on all sides by the wickedness in this world. The Bible tells us, I think Paul writes this, that if we were to leave sin, we'd have to leave the world because the world's full of it. But understanding that nothing is impossible for God, that he is all powerful and that one day he will judge all. He will judge all. And those that do not believe in Jesus Christ, those that are not saved, will face that white throne judgment and will go to a burning real hell. But Brother Clark, how could a loving God send anyone to a hell like this? Well, he's not sending them. He's simply giving, he's, he's giving them uh, the consequences of their choice. I mean, he's, he's paying them their wages. They're, they, they're, the wages of sin is death. They, they rejected his witness. Uh, they closed the door on the soul winner, amen? They hung up on the soul winner, whatever you want to say. They, they deleted the post or whatever it was. However, God has chosen to witness to that individual. They rejected it, and God said, okay, uh, you reject me. You reject my free gift of salvation. You reject my word. I've given you many opportunities to be saved. I've put light in you. I've given you a conscience. I've given you an intellect so that you could be saved. So you clearly can see I've testified through all of my nature. I have made nature to testify to me. How else do the stars align the way they do? Gravity aligns the way it does. The the the, the tides come in and out according to the moon. The, the trees produce air and they bring in... Uh, carbon dioxide or oxygen or whatever it is. There's that there is a cycle there. Amen. The flowers, the seeds, you ever wonder how flowers uh, get planted by God? The seeds come up in the air and blow and then drop down and, and they plant. Amen. Birds, when they migrate, they know what to eat to, to migrate very far away. They, they literally have like a high, high protein workout, pre-workout diet. Birds do before they fly far away. Look it up. Look it up. God says nature testifies to me. Man testifies to me. Everything in the Bible testifies to me. Prophecy testifies to me. You reject it all, I will give you, I will recompense, I will repay you for that choice. You will receive the consequences of your choice. Yet God does not desire anyone to go to hell. God does not desire anyone to be unsaved. The Bible says that God desires all to come to repentance, all to come to knowledge of him. Amen. But here we see in John 8, John 8, 24, I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. This is Jesus rebuking the Pharisees and the scribes because they believed that their works following the law would save them. And that Jesus was saying, you don't believe in me. Like literally they say they don't believe him. Like they, to his face, to God in the flesh, they say, oh, we don't believe you. You are who you say you are right? And they, their actions back that up. They were trying to catch him in a trap and, and, and trying to kill him. They didn't like him. They hated him. They felt threatened by him on and on. So their unbelief was great. And Jesus is simply stating the truth that since you don't believe and, and since grace, it's by grace through faith, through him, through Jesus Christ that we're saved. And since you don't believe you're headed for devil's hell, you're going to die in your sins. 
We understand the first death and the second death. And the first death comes uh, when, when, when the unbeliever dies and goes off to the white throne judgment. And then the second death is when they're cast in the lake of fire. They're in hell for an eternity. This is God's wrath. His judgment is poured out on uh, mankind. And in the tribulation period, uh, this is after the church is raptured out. It'll especially be on Israel. Revelation 15, verse 1, And I saw another sign in, uh, in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And one of the four beasts, is verse 7 of Revelation 15, gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever. So we understand in the end times, amen, the tribulation period, it is the wrath of God. Revelation 15 clearly states it's the wrath of God. And so the wrath of God is going to be poured out in this time period. It's it's just the start. We realize that that unbelievers, they're judged at the white throne. That's in Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And that as I understand it, Christ will be the judge. He will be there uh, for the unbeliever at the white throne. Where does the believer go for judgment? They will go to the Bema seat and they will be judged based on what they did out of the working of the Holy Spirit for a reward. Kind of like the Olympics when you get a medal, right? That's a happy time. Can you imagine an athlete training really almost maybe their whole life, dreaming and training and sacrificing greatly. And they're given this earthly medal. I would tease my church that if I ever won an Olympic medal, I wouldn't take it off. Amen. I'd be like, I'm wearing it everywhere. They try to tell me I can't go on an airplane. I'd say, well, I'm driving or taking a bus because I'm not taking this this, uh, thing off to go through your metal detector or whatever it may be. But in heaven, we really will have a reward. Amen. We really will. And that reward is not earthly. It won't corrupt. It won't it won't uh, disintegrate, rot, and so forth. That reward in heaven is eternal and will be there forever. And that is the Bema seat. And that'll be a joyful, joyful time. But the white throne judgment, those that didn't believe, even those that were really good people, quote unquote, those that paid all of their bills on time and helped senior citizens, They would open the doors for them, those that would go feed the hungry, those that were very honest, those that would never steal a nickel, uh, those that uh, were just very loving and kind. And if yet they had unbelief, and if they went to bed at night and said, well, I'm justified by my works, I know I've been a pretty good person, I'm on my pathway, that's leading to hell, amen? That's leading to hell. And then you say, well, how could God do that if they were being good? How could God do that? Well, number one, the Bible tells us that none are good, not one, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that our righteousness is as filthy rags to God, like dirty gauze pads. And then number two, God's word, let's say that person living good, thinking they're living good, had a Bible, but just, just you know, maybe read a passage on Sunday morning and that was it. Well, they never got into God's word. The Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved. They never got into his word because they didn't really believe he is who he says he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, as Hebrews eleven six tells us. They didn't do those things. So therefore, they never really understood the principles of God, amen? And so therefore, they lived as they would think is right, as the Pharisees and scribes were living, as they thought they were right. You think they were the upper crust of society, amen? They were the well-to-dos. And they thought, well, we have these earthly rewards and these earthly status. And people looked up to us and looked to us for information and so forth, like a lo- like you would look to a lawyer. 
So obviously culture or the world's rewarded us. And that's the devil's big deception. You know, is somebody that is accepted in this world really valuable? I mean, are they really valuable to God? Is he a respecter of persons? I don't think so. God loves all and desires all to come to repentance, but none that there's nobody that's too good that doesn't need to be saved. All unbelievers will face the lake of fire after owning up to their works on earth. There's no easy way out for the unbeliever. God will repay those that have troubled his saints. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense or repay tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's that? It's to believe on him, is it not? Verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And that's 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10. And what we see here is that Jesus Christ is going to take vengeance on those that obeyed not the gospel. And the gospel is, the good news, the good tidings is, to believe in Jesus Christ. And that the punishment, everlasting destruction, from the presence of the Lord. I believe we don't fully understand how important the presence of the Lord is in our lives. Let's get right with God today. I wish I had more time to, to get into this, but just understand that the worst part of hell won't be the fire. It'll be the separation from God. So if you haven't, believe on Jesus Christ today. And if you have, give your life to him. Get in his word. Don't take my word for it. Get in his word and study to show yourself approved unto God. You don't have to be ashamed. Amen. God is good. God is great. God will help you. Pray that he will reveal himself to you and he will. Amen. And he will. I thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time as we continue to look at the judgment of God, the righteous judgment of God. It is possible even in this wicked world today. I thank you so much again. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.